Hey guys, welcome to episode one of FFB Unwrapped Fantasy Football. I'm Perry Aston, joined by Adam Stark of Everyday Fantasy Football. It's our new podcast together. Say what's up, Adam. How you doing? Great to be here. Also have Corbin and Christian with me, who are usually on the NBA Unwrapped and NFL Unwrapped podcasts. We are recording our first episode of the college football podcast that we got going on also, so they're here with me to talk a little bit of fantasy football before we do that. Just want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at FFB Unwrapped. We're putting out tons of statistics, all draft advice, everything you need to win your league. Follow Adam on Twitter at EverydayFFB. You can follow me on Twitter personally at Perry Aston. You can listen to us on the SoundCloud app. We are not on the Apple Podcast app yet since we need to put up our first episodes and get approved by them. So keep an eye out for that. But for now, we're going to be posting the SoundCloud link. Super excited to jump in today. We got draft strategy notes, PPR versus standard, our rankings. Adam, let's jump right into standard versus PPR. I know you're a standard guy. Why is that? And let's talk half point PPR versus full point. All right. So basically why I like standard so much is kind of funny. It's just I've always grown up playing standard and none of my friends really liked PPR. So I'd always do standard leagues. But up until the last couple of years, about um, last year, I started to do a little bit PPR. This year, I'm doing a lot of PPR. And I'm actually I'm starting to like it. And I think it's definitely the way to go PPR over standard. It, gro- it grows on you. Yeah, exactly. It does. Because at first you think it's too much, but it really isn't. It, it helps players who wouldn't be as good as they would in standard as if they're in PPR. I agree. I think it changes your draft strategy. And I think PPR, if you're used to standard, is a nice change because you have to challenge yourself. You have to think outside the box with the big-name players you usually would get, but also backups and second-stringers that might be more involved in the passing game, running backs mainly. So it really makes you think. This is the first year that I'm actually officially doing a PPR league. Us here, we're doing a half-point PPR league. We struggled to decide if we were going to do standard or PPR, and so we kind of met halfway in between at half-point. I know you had a strong opinion on half-point versus full-point, but... I mean. Yeah, it's, it's not that I don't hate <laughs> half point, but I just, I feel like it, it might be a little bit harder to, when you're comparing players, compare a half point rather than like a full point, and then now you're having to deal with like decimals and when game time starts, Very and true. it's a lot just, I feel like it's cleaner, a little bit smoother just to do full point or none. Yep, no, I agree, uh, to be honest. I liked how you said it when we were talking prior to the podcast, go big or go home, go all PPR or not. Yeah, Adam, really quickly, just a question for you. So you mentioned about how you don't really like decimals. So I'm curious, for running backs and receivers and receiving yardage and rushing yardage and quarterbacks with passing yardage, is it just, like, for instance, running backs one point every 10 yard, or do you do the point one point for every yard? Yeah, no, just yeah, one point every 10 yards. Oh, wow. Just the That's standard, a... what you your default settings. See, that, just, that bugs me. Because, like, if I got 79 yards with someone... Mm, I want those extra point nine because that could be the difference between winning and losing. That is true. I mean, every point seriously counts. Every point right. one. Point yeah, one I counts. mean, quarterbacks for every yard because it's usually one point for every twenty-five yards. I think it's point oh four points for every one yard. So I mean, look at that math. Every board, yeah. Well, I mean, because I have to set the rules for a league <laughs> you know, like commissioner. We got so. algebra unwrapped you today. Boss. So Adam, let's talk some strategy for you going into a draft. What are you going to do first? Some things that you definitely want to tell people to stay away from. Mistakes that people make that you want to save them from. So let's talk strategy. I definitely think you want to take a running back in the first five or six picks 
And I know Antonio Brown's there, but I, I really like running backs this year just of how deep the wide receivers are. And especially with guys like Alshon now, who's only going to miss two, three games, who his value is going to drop drastically just because people freak out about things like that. And he could be a wide receiver one. If he, if he were to play all 16 games, I would honestly put him at a wide receiver one. But he's going to miss some time. So I think come week eight, week nine, him and Wentz will just have it down. And I definitely think the wide receiver class is just, it's deep this year. You could get a lot of sleepers. And as of running backs, it's hard to get sleeper running backs because everyone takes a starter right away. No, I totally agree with you. I actually have it as, you know, you need to draft a running back first in the first round, nine out of ten times. If you're later on in the first round and you've kind of, just like you said, the four-headed monster, you know, Zeke, David Johnson, Le'Veon, Todd Gurley, they've already all been picked. To be honest, in a lot of formats, I'd almost go Kamara, Saquon, or Fournette over Antonio Brown because of the fact that I want to have an RB1 set. If not, you're going to be running with two RB2s and never feeling confident in the hardest position to run with in fantasy football. Like you said, receivers are a dime a dozen, especially once you get past Antonio Brown, OBJ, Hopkins, Julio Jones. Past that point, I'm confident that you can get productive receivers at any round, any time, on the waiver wire, wherever. With running backs, that's not the case. On the waiver wire, when you're going to pick up a running back, it's mainly because somebody went down with an injury, and that's the guy that's going to be picking up the carries. That's the guy with the volume. But to have you know, to have this position to where you set yourself up with a guy like Zeke or Fournette, or if you're lucky enough to be early in the draft and get Gurley or Le'Veon or whoever you put in your priority list for running backs, if you're lucky there, you're set. Past that, you can then get a Marson Lynch even as your RB2 and go home if your receiving core is awesome, feeling okay because of how good your RB1 is. That's a situation that I don't want to be in personally. I know in my last league that I had, it was a pledge bro league from my old fraternity just to keep us in touch. So it, it actually shrunk from 10 to 8 team this year. Not too happy about it, but the teams are stacked, obviously. I have Zeke, who I got at Pick five, who that's happened in two different drafts now. One standard, one half point PPR. I don't get it. Zeke's a great player. I know that there's injuries on the offensive line, and he's coming off a year that he missed some time, but he didn't miss time because of an injury. He's not rehabbing. He finally got all that crap behind him, and now he's moving forward with a full year and a team that's lacking a true wide receiver one, and he's going to really be more involved in the pass game. For him to slip at five to me in both drafts, blows my mind, makes me extremely happy for how I set my strategy, because then I look in towards the second round, and I feel confident that if there is a receiver there that I like, I can go with the receiver, or I can go with another running back, because I'm confident that I have my running back one filled. And it's the perfect way to start. It helps you take a deep breath and move forward, and then get to see who's the best on the board. For some picks, of course, you need to keep your strategy and go with the positions that you need, but I want to talk one more strategy for me, wait and wait again when you're going to draft a quarterback. You know, as soon as you feel like you're about to, second guess yourself. And as soon as you feel like, okay, I think now is an okay time, second guess yourself <laughs> again. And then continue to wait. Honestly, I think you can wait all the way up until the last three rounds, get a solid quarterback that's going to put up the same production. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to have an amazing year this year. Russell Wilson's a great fantasy quarterback. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. You don't draft in the 5th, 6th, 7th round, in my opinion. 
you can get production later on. And we're going to go over our rankings for quarterback in a little bit. But you're going to have guys like Philip Rivers, you know, who's going to put up a lot of points in the back end of the draft. And once you get past the guys I just named, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Breeze, Stafford, right there, then it's kind of a toss-up with who you feel confident on. You know, Kirk Cousins, Garoppolo, Rivers, Luck, Mariota, Garrett Goff, like you had in your top 12, Adam. We'll go over that in a second. Unless you're paying in a two-quarterback league where you know that you're going to have to play a second quarter, and I still feel confident that you can go pick up a quarterback on the waiver wire any week, depending on matchup, if you're going to have to fill that second quarterback slot. But for your QB1, make sure that you have value, but you check ADP and you're going for a player at the right spot and you're waiting. Definitely waiting. Unless you feel super confident on Rodgers and he's there in the 7th, 8th, ninth round, grab him. That's a steal for ADP. But if not, feel confident that a guy like Rivers or a Kirk Cousins or a Stafford is going to be able to put up similar points than a guy like Rodgers. Yeah, that's pretty much what we were talking about right before we started the podcast about how in our league, Tyrod or Tyrod, however you want to say his name, Taylor. We're going to go Tyrod on okay. this show. We're okay. going to go Tyrod right now. Tyrod Taylor is available in our league. No one drafted him, and that's more because you're just concerned when Baker Mayfield's going to take over for him. But the point differential between Aaron Rodgers, who you mentioned getting him in like the sixth round, I don't think there's any league where he's there that late unless you're playing in like a 16 right. league. If maybe. he's there, you jump yeah. because that's ADP yeah. screaming yeah. in your face. But Aaron Rodgers usually going in like the fourth round or Tom Brady similar round. Um, Russell Wilson still maybe like a round or two later, but quarterback is probably out of the four main positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. That's the one position where you can kind of stream that just week by week. And yes, you might not get the... 30 points that Aaron Rodgers could maybe get you on Potentially, a specific on a week. week. Yeah. But, but you'll still get 20, 25 points from a lower quarterback and then be able to get right. more points at other positions that you wouldn't otherwise get. Adam, give me some more strategy for you when you go into a draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys in the quarterback. Uh, just hold off on that. And I think my strategy for quarterbacks is create a two quarterbacks to make one great quarterback. So take the time, look at the schedules, see who has best schedule scheduling, I guess you could say. For matchups. But, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so anyways, create a super quarterback with two guys. So for example, if Rodgers has eight to nine good matchups out of the 16 games, that's great. But if you find out Mariota has five, Matt Ryan has eight, that's 13 quality games. You could combine those players together to create someone who could be better than Rodgers. I like your logic. Rodgers is the kind of player that, yes, like Corbin said, he could break out for 30 points on a week. But any of these players, if you're drafting them this high, you know, can really break out any week for 30 points. Yes, quarterback's a position that it's a little bit easier than having you know, a running back hit 30 points or even a receiver hit 30 points. Like we said, on a week-to-week basis, a Terod Taylor is going to get you 18 to 22 points. And depending on the matchup, if you see him playing a team like the Raiders last year, who their secondary was just getting scorched every single game. Every time I saw a team playing the Raiders or playing another team with a lackluster secondary, I would jump all over it and pick up all types of waiver wire pickups because of the fact that they were playing a specific team. I knew that that was a week they were going to break out. So keep an eye on Adam and my rankings week to week because we are keeping an eye on matchups. We are keeping an eye on trends. We are keeping an eye on how these players are progressing through this season. So we're going to be able to hit you guys with the best advice, the best waiver wire pickups, and everything along those lines for fantasy. 
Let's talk a little more strategy. I don't like drafting two tight ends personally. I think the same thing about a tight end than I think quarterback. There's always going to be a guy in the waiver wire with a good matchup who's the next man up. Cody Fleener. There's always a Jack Doyle. One of those kind of guys that is just in a good situation and they're just the next man up and you see it after week one or week two. On the waiver wire, I'm confident that you can find tight ends really whenever. So go with a guy like Gronk or Kelsey or Ertz. And if you miss those three guys, stay calm. Don't go Delaney Walker. Don't go Rudolph, in my opinion, right there. Stay on it. Just wait and go with a guy with a lot of potential like Trey Burton or David Njoku. This year, both of them, their ADP, I love. I love the potential. They spent a lot of money on Trey Burton coming in there. Adam Shaheen, he's got a lot of injury problems this year. And I'm a big fan of the Bears' offense, actually. Surprising enough, I like what they're doing. I like Coach Snaggy. I like Trubinsky. I think he's a smart quarterback, and I think that he's going to help everybody around him. And I think Burton's that perfect player to be Trubinsky's safety coat, you know, to be his checked out constantly. And Jordan Howard isn't the best receiving running back. So some guys rely on the check down to their running back. Other guys rely on their slot. Other guys rely on the tight end for quarterback, depending on how you play your game. I see him relying on Trey Burton. And then you got guys like Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel and all these big name guys who are going to find their role on the team as well in the receiving core. And I do like their running back core too. Tariq Cohen, you know, catching patches out of the backfield. And of course, Jordan Howard as the workhorse. So keep an eye on Trey Burton for sure. If not, you can even get David Njoku an extra round or two, probably later than Trey Burton. I know Corbin took Trey Boo Boo in the ninth round. round. I took Njoku in the 10th. Good value to me. If you're going to get a tight end in the ninth or the 10th round, that's smart. You're not wasting a pick in the top five rounds on a Kelsey Gronk or Ertz. And you're able to continue to load your roster with talent elsewhere besides the tight end position, which I don't think you need to put as much pressure on. Adam, do you have any other strategy for our listeners? One other thing I would say is just uh, come late rounds, I would say don't start picking little wide receivers and guys who you think could have a chance. Go out and get the Jaguars defense, the Vikings defense, or the Eagles defense, or even the Rams or even the Chargers. I love the Chargers defense, too. If you could get one of those five teams or defenses before they go, before around 14, 15, or wherever, I think that's a great move because the defense position is someone who you have to play week in and week out. And typically, a lot of people like to stream. So if you're trying to stream and three other guys are trying to stream and it's a week where there's only one to two good options and then you get screwed and you're you're ended up with just someone who you're hoping to praying on um i just think it's a lot better to feel confident with just throwing a jaguars or vikings or rams in there and just don't have to touch it the whole year don't have to think about that all year you can spend your time streaming a tight end or a quarterback rather than uh, researching defenses yeah no i see where your head's at on that i think Picking a defense isn't very hard on the waiver wire. Sometimes I see where you're coming from with having numerous guys streaming and having to pick after such a small pool of talent in that week. 
But there is also the other end of the spectrum where you can go to the waiver wire week in and week out, which I've done in past years, and literally looked for who was playing the Browns that week, who was playing another team who didn't have their starting quarterback, who was starting a rookie that week. So I see where you're coming from because I think if the Jaguars, Rams, or Vikings are there in later, later rounds... I might be that first guy that jumps on one of them because I really do think that they're going to put up a lot of points this year, all three of those defenses. But I think if you miss out on those three, don't freak out and take the next best available, even though a team like the Ravens or the Titans is not a bad defense to pick at all. I would rather stream once I get past the three that you named, Vikings, Rams, and Jags. Past those three, I wouldn't freak out there. Of course, you're going to draft a defense anyways to fill your roster, but don't think that you have to keep that defense because you'll always be able to find that matchup. But if you're in a position where you can jump on the Jags or the Rams or Vikings, like Adam said, do it because they can put up the same production as a skill position player. Like I said on the NFL podcast that you were on with us, Adam, I had Greg Zerline on the Rams and... Just, he's a kicker, not supposed to put up too much. He was putting up 20-plus points on a consistent basis at some point. It felt like he was winning weeks for me and matching him with a good defense. I was relying on that spot instead of how good my running backs can play that week because I didn't have the best draft that year and how it shook out with running backs, and I was constantly trying to find running backs on the waiver wire, so at least I was able to rely on this. But I do like taking a few flyers in the last few picks for your bench, find your defense regardless, like Adam is saying. But at the end, take a guy that's coming off injury that has a lot of upside. Take a rookie like Michael Gallup. Take a rookie like Anthony Miller. And these kind of guys that have a lot of upside that are in a good position, a guy like Christian Kirk. I know Christian over here took him in the later rounds. Christian took Christian. Christian took Christian, exactly. And And I know Christian's big on John Ross, who is coming off an injury and is in a good position, and he's a big play threat. By, so. by NBA standards, he's basically a rookie. He had that one catch that he fumbled last season. That was it. That was the only play. Yeah, so I – exactly. He's the, the Ben Simmons of the NFL right. this year. Take a guy that has the potential to do a lot for you. If not, you're not putting a lot of chips on the table. It's your last few picks for your bench. You've already got a defense if you're going with Adam's strategy. And if not, you go defense with your absolute last pick because you know you're going to stream that year. Regardless, with the last four picks, look for a ton of upside. That's where teams are made sometimes. That's where sleepers are picked. That's where guys like Alvin Kamara last year were picked because they were flyers. You know, a third, fourth round pick out of, where was it, Tennessee? Not, yeah, yeah not, a, not a big fan of how he was coming out of the draft and he... Just exploded. He now, dropped because they were saying that he was going to be a uh, early second round pick, and he dropped to the late. Third exactly. Round. The Saints traded up to get him. Yep, Adam. Let's talk teams to stay away from, teams to lean lean towards in regards to fantasy. Depending on who your offensive coordinator is or defensive coordinator, how your team really shakes out in actual football, that affects fantasy. That affects the whole. You can have the most talented player on there, like a guy like Jarvis Landry last year. He was the one exception. He was the one diamond in the rough, the one that figured out a way to still lead the NFL in receptions and put up a good amount of touchdowns and be a good wide receiver one in fantasy, PPR, or standard formats. Even if it's a guy like Jarvis Landry, you stay away because of how atrocious that offense is. And you just know that it's just a fantasy vacuum. It just sucks up any kind of talent that it has there. 
I have a few teams to stay away from. I'm going to start with one, and then Adam, I'll let you go with yours. Buccaneers, I absolutely hate the Buccaneers offense. Jameis Winston, when he does play, I'm not a huge fan, and he is a little underrated with how he plays because of how much of an idiot he is off the field. He isn't going to play a little bit this year, and the team, in my opinion, isn't constructed for success from an individual fantasy standpoint per player. I, Ronald Jones, there's question marks there with him and Peyton Barber. Who's going to get the touches? It's going to be Peyton Barber right now, and look for him in the later, later rounds. His ADP is going to be attractive. But Ronald Jones at some point is going to figure it out. Two of them aren't exploding for anything crazy. The two tight end set that they have, Cameron Brait and OJ Howard, you know they're going to suck away points from each other. Mike Evans, he finished as a top five wide receiver in his first year. And then I believe it's been 20 and 18th or something like that. But he still puts up about 100 catches a year. So he's consistent. But you see in that offense, it's made him so unpredictable because of how crappy that offense is. You don't know what you're getting. And you're you're going to have to pick Mike Evans within the first 10 to 12 picks. And that's a first rounder for you right there. And is Mike Evans your wide receiver for your first pick? Is that a good strategy to start with? When we, me and Adam both chime on taking running back first or trying to, and or if not looking for one of the powerhouse receivers, if you're going Mike Evans as the best player on your roster, I'm not confident you're making the playoffs that year without even looking at the rest of your draft. Just on how you started. You probably didn't recover too well. Let's talk another team that you want to stay away from, Adam. I think the Jets are another team with the enunciation of Sam Darnold being the starter, the youngest since 1970. I think he's just a, a 20-year-old kid leading an NFL team. And I, I think about it like I'm a 20-year-old kid. There's not a chance I could ever lead an NFL team or let alone feel comfortable like leading these, these players, these veterans who have been there forever, who know their roles and now you're given the keys you're the guy who's calling all the shots and I don't think I don't think he's going to be able to either be good this year or and if he does it'll be a lot later on in the year and another concern with the Jets offense is just their running backs with Powell, Crowell I think they have someone else they just signed to but they're, they're I, back I, I think it's a, a Elijah McGuire I think he's dealing with That's some, right. some injury yep, yeah. I'm, and, um, I'm not a big Jets fan either and they did just trade Bridgewater to the Saints which is a big move really because people are saying that that's going to be Sean Payton's next project and going to be the quarterback for the future. I like that a lot. I was actually pretty high on Bridgewater when we spoke about him a few episodes ago. He's had a very good preseason. He put himself in the position to start for the Jets. Not saying he was going to win the starting position because McCown there, Darnold having a good preseason. And that goes back to Adam's point on this team you should stay away from because who even knows who's going to start at quarterback right now? Everybody wants Darnold, but everybody knows the smart decision is McCown at first. Teddy Bridgewater was... Clearly, I wanted Bridgewater. All, all things equal, he should have been the starter there. It's just right. He was only the, slightly better. Yeah, the position the that the Jets are in, it makes more sense to start Darnold and getting a third round pick for him. I know this is kind of going away from fantasy, but getting a third round pick for him—that's incredible. You sign right. him in the off season for nothing and get a third rounder out of that. I totally yeah, they agree. basically just signed a third round draft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would kind of see it as. I totally agree. I'm going to go Bills for my next team to stay away from. Josh Allen looked like he was running for his life in preseason game three. I believe he was sacked five times or hit five times within the first quarter. I, Bills are going to be He awesome. was running around yeah. like crazy. The team didn't look great. 
I'm not a big fan. AJ McCarron, I don't think he's ruled out for the whole year yet. I know he was at first, and then there was contradicting reports. Yeah, he did not break so his collarbone. So I don't think he yeah, broke they, his collarbone. They collar said he broke it, yeah. and then they and went back and said it was They have Nathan Petterman, who's an interception god. Regardless, I don't like any of the, the guys just, right now. LaShawn McCoy, too. He's dealing with a groin injury, and that's the one thing that... LaShawn McCoy has is his agility, and if you got a groin injury, that could take a while to heal. Just that entire offense scares me. Kelvin Benjamin... I'm not a big Kelvin Benjamin fan. Yeah, I mean, he's and you have clearly... To, I don't like his ADP. You're going to have to draft him a little higher than I would hope. Yeah, and it's just because if Josh Allen is the starting quarterback, yes, he's going to get some deep balls, but overall, just there's nobody on that offense where you would feel good having them. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, obviously, if he's healthy, you're feeling good having him as a starter, but... Not, like you said, not for the average draft position. Yeah, you're going to have to draft him high. And you need to rely, you need to look at the offenses that these players play in and if it's going to help them out or hurt them. And LaShawn McCoy is a great fantasy player, but that Bills offense is a vacuum for points. It's going to suck it out. They trade away their starting left tackle, too, so the Cincinnati Bengals, Cordy Cordy Glenn. The entire offensive line doesn't look good. And they center, retired, wood, so the whole offensive line is shaky. They don't have depth there. They don't, And you saw it in the preseason game. Yes, they're not playing everybody right now, but preseason game three, that's – and you got Josh Allen back there, your rookie. You want to protect him, of course. He was just getting hit left and right. Do you have another team that you want to stay away from, Adam? Uh, yeah, I got a couple more. Um, the Ravens, unless Lamar Jackson starts to play, but the Ravens I'm staying away from. I just – Joe Flacco I don't like. I know he's been – doing well in camp and perhaps this Lamar Jackson draft has scared him or or provoked him to play better and realize his job could be on the line but I still just I don't think Flacco is elite I think he kind of had a Super Bowl run like Nick Foles did and I just I don't like any of the receivers either I think uh, Crabtree is just going to be kind of a big bigger like touchdown guy than receiving guy I think the one person who might have some chance is John Brown that's just because his ADP is just so low. You can get him at the end of round. Like he's undrafted in a couple of my leagues, and you can get him at, at the end of any of uh, fantasy league. I got a question for you. You said you'd like the Ravens more with Lamar Jackson, even though his completion percentage has been piss poor in the preseason. Lamar Jackson hasn't played great in the preseason, but you have seen his legs in action. Yeah, you have seen his fantasy yeah, value legs for him. Exactly. Ask Robert. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, no and this helps him with his fantasy value, but it doesn't help the receivers on the team. Yeah, I don't like the Ravens in general. I agree with you. Adam Crabtree is a guy that has put up more points than people have expected the past few years, and not in an amazing position either with the Raiders yes he's been the yeah. number one number two debatably and getting Amari Cooper there helped him a little bit at first but he's a solid player but he's good. there's no one to get excited about and then I'd say Alex Collins is really the only player on that team where you can really get excited about I saw the tweet that we had put out a little while ago right. he was number 21 running back in fantasy last year despite playing in only 35% of the Ravens' offensive snaps. Alex Collins is very intriguing. Yeah, if there's anyone on the Ravens to go after, it's him, but it's only him, and that's the issue. Yeah, and you have a guy like Buck Allen on that team who kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and he's taking advantage of injuries and vice versa for the other running backs in this committee. So I'm excited to see how that plays out this year, but I really just see Alex Collins... Being the one guy that gets the most touches, so he's going to get the volume, but I'm not 
huge on Alex Collins personally, so don't put all your chips on the table on him. But in like Corbin said, in the amount of snaps that he played this last year, it was an impressive finish for fantasy. He's definitely maximizing every touch that he gets on that Ravens offense. I'm going to move on to another team that I don't really like at all, Colts. Andrew Luck is interesting. Yes, I. if you want to take him, this is the one position that I would want two quarterbacks on my team. I don't like grabbing two quarterbacks too often because, like I said, you can always find a waiver wire pickup for a quarterback. So I would just go with the starter at first. There's no reason to waste another bench slot if you can always get someone at any time. So for Andrew Luck, that's the one quarterback that I would say get another quarterback with him because you can drop the other quarterback at any time if Andrew Luck is going off because you want to be that guy that took the chance on Andrew Luck for his return year, and you have him early, but what happens if he does or doesn't play in a few weeks? You need to make sure that you're taken care of, and I think Wentz is a similar guy, in my opinion, that you want to have two quarterbacks for. He may play the first week or two. He may wait until week five. Who knows? It's kind of a question mark. The coach at the Eagles isn't helping him very much isn't helping the media try and get any clarity when he gets asked questions it's pretty straightforward he's just like no we don't have any nor news that's just about it next question next question and, and he was getting annoyed because he's like if you guys ask the question differently i'll answer it and they were like we're pretty sure we are asking the question differently you're just answering it the same and he is because he doesn't want to get into it and it's the same thing with alshon jeffrey now the team has finally made that public so that everybody who's playing fantasy can kind of take a deep breath and at least know What's going on with Alshon? You said, Adam, if he plays, you have him as a wide receiver one. I have him as a high-end wide receiver two. But I really like him with Carson Wentz because he's got the potential to be a wide receiver one. Really depends on how many weeks that they're going to play together. But going back to the Colts and the quarterback situation with Andrew Luck, go with Andrew Luck, but make sure you take care of yourself with another quarterback. Other than that, stay far away from the Colts. Anything to do with their running game. Right now, Jordan Wilkins is the only guy with positive fantasy value going forward because of the position he's in right now with Marlon Mack and you know the other guys on this defense on this offense like Christian Michael, it seems like I'd rather go with the Wilkins over Christian Michael if I'm drafting later on for like I said, filling the last few spots of your bench when you're picking guys with upside or in a good spot. Yeah, but even with Jordan Wilkins, it's not so much because he's looked so good in the it's preseason. The it's just, yeah, it. it's just the that's opportunity it. that he's going to have with Marlon Mack being out for yes. we don't know how many weeks. And, that's, I think and that's, Wilkins, like I, that's like I said with Christian, when he said that I did well when Le'Veon went down one year and I had his backup on my team, D'Angelo Williams. And I said, no, I didn't like that. I didn't like having him on my team, but it's just the you have to because he's the next man up. He's the next guy who, you just look at it from a fantasy standpoint. I, didn't, I like James Conner behind him in a football standpoint, I feel confident that if Le'Veon goes down for a little bit, James Conner is really going to take advantage, and I feel good with him on the on the field. But you get what I'm saying with that. I don't like the position, but he's just the next man up. He gets the volume. He gets the touches. Wilkins, that's fantasy Wilkins value. average, I think it was just a little over two yards per carry. It's just that he's going to get the other touches possibly. Najim Haynes or Hines. Hines. He's he a, had, he's like, a, he's he a four pass fumbles. He's a pass-catching back. He's, and with, he's a very Tariq Cohen kind of player. So expect him to be more gadgety. He is going to fumble a little bit more because he doesn't have Which means the most power. and Opening up more opportunities for Wilkins. Yeah, I would stay away from 
all of them really. Yeah. Wilkins would be the only guy I would even take a flyer on later, later, later on in your draft. And just like Corbin said, it's because of opportunity and volume, not because of that we're high on Jordan Wilkins. We're not high on anybody on this team. I'm not a big T.Y. Hilton fan. T.Y. Hilton, I forgot the exact stats were on him, but he was easily a wide receiver one when Andrew Luck was healthy. It's a tough thing to predict right now. And like we're saying, it's all reliant on if Andrew Luck plays well, if Andrew Luck connects with Hilton like they used to. That's all ifs here. When I saw Andrew Luck in the preseason, I wasn't impressed. I'm not saying – I think he was rusty, and I think that he is going to be a different player when you see the regular season now. He's going to start to come into himself a little bit. I'm not confident that he's going to come out right away being the Andrew Luck of old, making T.Y. Hilton look like a pro bowler again. I would stay away from this for now. Right now when you're going into a draft, picking any kind of Colts player, I'm not going home excited. Yeah, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, the inconsistency that you talked about, it's more just if Andrew Luck is going to stay healthy. And I was in a position end of the second round or beginning of the third round in our fantasy football It's more draft. realistically that you're, if you're going to get Hilton, you have to pick him in the second round in most drafts. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, in our draft, he was in the third round. I went with, it's with Adam, his ADP. Adam we, we, Thielen over... T.Y. Hilton, just because of the consistency, because you know exactly what you're going to get. I would go for yeah. Thielen over yeah. Hilton any day. Do you agree, Adam? Would you go Thielen over T.Y. Hilton? That one's tough. But I would say T.Y. Hilton over okay. Okay. Thielen. Just because I've, I've seen what luck can do with him. I haven't really seen how Kirk Cousins and Thielen are going to end up making a relationship. New quarterback, new wide receiver. I mean, I know they're both very talented, but... When you have another talent like Diggs, and then yeah, a stud quick. running back like Cook, and a stud—not even not a stud, but a solid tight end like Rudolph—it's hard to it's hard to rely on that Thielen's going to outproduce uh, Hilton when Hilton's the clear-cut number one. Adam, quick question: Thielen is the number one. Diggs is, I believe, the number two on the team. Very close between the two of them. Diggs was responsible for the Minneapolis miracle last year. And with Kirk Cousins coming in now, it's really going to depend on who has the better connection with him. I would say Thielen's a better possession receiver, while Diggs is a more explosive receiver. When you're drafting them, they're within, you know, ten, five picks of each other. So who do you pick? Who do you think is going to be the number one this year with Kirk Cousins due to his game and due to their game? Who do you honestly feel confident on? Uh, Stephon Diggs a little bit more. Um, I, I guess uh, Thielen is the number one there, and I just I've seen Diggs and look a little bit better preseason. He, he seems to be a little bit more of uh, elusive, a little bit quicker, and I think Thielen is definitely the more safe play. But I think Diggs will have the higher ceiling. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think if you go with Thielen over him, you still should feel good. We did post some stats on the Twitter about him. He was, you know, one of the top wide receivers this past year. And the year prior, he didn't have a bad year either. So Thielen has proven himself now as a guy that's consistent. It's the lack of touchdowns that hurts his fantasy value. And it was the fact that he wasn't able to get those touchdowns with Case Keenum, with these guys prior. I don't know if he's going to be able to change that with Kirk Cousins. I think adding a guy like Kirk is going to help him with his value. It's going to help Thielen with his potential and maximize any amount of red zone targets that he can get. But like you said, Diggs is a more explosive, more athletic wide receiver. And I would go with Diggs, Kirk Cousins matchup more than I would with Thielen for the entire season. I think he's going to 
do a little bit more with with touchdowns this year, Diggs especially. Let's talk about some teams to lean towards. Adam, talk about one of your favorite teams for fantasy. I always love high-scoring teams, so I'll just start off with the Saints. I mean, they're loaded with talent. They got Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Ingram, and Kamara, and even their number two receiver, uh, Meredith. Yeah, I think all those guys I would be more than happy to have on my team if, if the position was right. And I, I would even reach for uh, Meredith a little bit if he was fallen in the, high, in the later rounds just because I feel like Thomas will draw a lot of attention. Kamara will draw a lot of attention. And Meredith's a guy who uh, didn't play at all last year. No one really knows a lot about him or his route running, I guess, or has tape on him. And I feel like he's just going to kind of come under the radar and have a quick first six games where he's going to be really effective before teams can kind of realize, oh, shoot, this is uh, Drew Reese's tar- like, new target as opposed to Michael Thomas. And I think Thomas will get all the receptions, all the targets, but come inside the 20, that red zone, if Kamara gets stopped once, Kamara gets stopped twice, I definitely think uh, you're either throwing the ball to Thomas or Meredith 100% of the time. You're going to go Thomas or Meredith. I don't think there's going to be any potential for Thomas's value to be hurt by Meredith. But I would say go with a guy like Michael Thomas early because that's one of the wide receivers I feel confident on. Like you said with the Saints, they're loaded with talent. Drew Brees doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. Another 4,000-yard season last year, that's 12 in a row for him. Insane. Drew Brees continues to do it week in and week out. Cameron Meredith, I like him as the epitome player that I said to draft for the last few bench slots. A guy coming off an injury, a guy in a good position, boomer bust with a lot of potential. I really like him back there for a flyer because, like you said, Drew Brees is the perfect quarterback to pull out the potential on any kind of guy, especially with the hands and body that Cam Meredith has. And really just depends on how he recovers from that knee injury. So far, so good for how the Saints are looking. Saints now have Bridgewater. We'll see how that shakes up on the team. My first team to lean towards, Raiders. I love that team. John Gruden coming and changing it up. Derek Carr was having an almost MVP year two years ago. I think everyone forgets that because of how injured he was last year. I think he comes back and has another great year. Amari Cooper is one of my breakout candidates. I think he's going to go off. That team just, I really like it. So I'd go with the Raiders, Marshawn Lynch, especially in standard. Go with him, half point PPR. I would even go with Marshawn still as a flex or the first guy off your bench. But if you're playing full point PPR, I'd probably stay away from Marshawn a little bit. They had uh, Warren running back who's fighting for the backup this year. He's been playing great this preseason, so look for him in deeper PPR formats. Another team that I have, the Rams. Like you said, high-scoring teams. I really love the Rams. I really love what they're able to do. Throwing with Sean McVay's offense, I really, really like the fact that Todd Gurley's on that team. He's coming off a huge contract, and I really like what that's going to do for this offense. Brandon Cook's getting an extension also. I really like that. I really think that if you look for a guy on the Rams offense you're not going to be disappointed this is an offense that is going to put up a ton of points Packers I want to talk that with you really quick Corbin I love that team because of obviously Aaron Rodgers coming back the three guys in the running back committee that we talked about on the NFL podcast uh, two nights ago let's talk Packers do you feel confident in the fantasy value yeah the thing with the Packers obviously it all just depends on Aaron Rodgers staying healthy but as long as he is healthy Devontae Adams 
Adam, I believe you spoke about him on our NFL Unwrapped podcast and how much you really love him. I agree. I think especially with Jordy Nelson out of there, Devontae Adams is unquestionably the number one target for I'm not a big Rodgers. Randall Cobb fan either, personally. Yeah. So I think Adams is going to really thrive. He's scored a ton of touchdowns regardless with Oh, yeah, he's been a huge Rogers. red zone threat, even without Aaron Rodgers, and that's yeah. the thing that really excites me is that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Perry, you know this probably better than anyone. Remember last year against the Cowboys, that one-minute drive, yeah, that back of the end zone fade to Devontae Adams yeah. for the game-winning I mean, touchdown. But that's something that he's shown for the past, really the past two years. Two years ago is when Adams really started to break out. He had a good finish to his rookie year, which also included a big playoff performance against the Cowboys. But then the second year, he had issues with some drops and some injuries. But these past two years, he's been huge for the Packers. Jimmy Graham is someone, again, who, as long as he stays healthy in the end zone, in the red zone, fast last 20 yards, he's going to get a lot of catches in there, and he's going to be a touchdown machine, I think. Graham, just, Graham is good. Graham is in a good position. I'm not a big Jimmy Graham fan, personally. I just think he's going to get so many touchdowns. But he is in a good spot. Yeah. With I think any guy playing with Aaron Rodgers is a good spot. He just got an extension. He's now been made the, By far the NFL's richest player of and all well time. Deserved. And well-deserved. He's going to be getting how much money right away? Was it $80 million guaranteed it's within the first year? $80 million by year? March. Yeah, it was by March. Can you believe Four that? years. Four years, I believe, $134 million, $103 million guaranteed. And with incentives, he could make up to $180 million over the What was the, next the stat years. that you tweeted? It was like $400 or $400,000 a day or something like until, that? For until, I think until March when he gets that full $80 million. That is insane. Just ridiculous. So the Packers ex- expect a lot of fantasy yeah. value coming but out. And also now. the running back position, too. I think yeah. there's value to be had there. We saw last year when Aaron Rodgers was healthy. They don't have a great offensive line, but just because of how incredible Aaron Rodgers is, he opens up running lanes for running backs. And I think there's it's a little cloudy right now on who's going to get most of the carries. I think personally it's going to be Aaron Jones, probably within a week or two after he comes back from suspension, works his way in. But whoever ends up being the number one running back in Green Bay, he's going to be very valuable, and he can win you a fantasy league. Special PPR. Yeah, yeah. just having Rodgers there. Give me a team that you're leaning towards, Adam. Lean on the Giants. I know they might not be the best team in the NFL, but their team has a lot of talent. They have Odell, who just got signed to a huge contract, highest paid wide receiver now. They have Ingram, who's a, just a huge big body tight end. Saquon, who they just spent their second overall draft pick on. Sterling Shepard, who was looked at as a great wide receiver last year and a couple years ago. He's just been dealing with a little bit of injury issues. He's played really well in the preseason, too. Any kind of targets that he's got so far this preseason, he's taken advantage of. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he's going to sneak under the radar and kind of be that guy who gets the weakest defender each week, each uh, matchup. And if he's getting the weakest defender on a team who has no really good defenders that he could really capitalize yeah. when teams are just trying to double up on Odell, uh, crowd the box with Saquon, or uh, throw their t- their best linebacker on Ingram to make sure he's locked down. Totally. I, I see Sterling Shepard's potential, and if you see him later on, especially in PPR formats, I would take Sterling Shepard for sure. Do you have another team that you want to lean towards, Adam, or do you want to move on to our rankings? One last team would be the Eagles, just uh, why not? 
they have everyone. I mean, right now, maybe not for weeks one to four, not the Eagles, just because Wentz, you don't know. Uh, Alshon has just been said he's going to miss at least two weeks. Hopefully he'll be back week three, but who knows. And then even Ajayi, who's kind of had that lower body injury that Doug Peterson hasn't really disclosed or given much information about. So one more bang to him, and he could be out eight weeks or something. I definitely think with Alshon being gone, Aguilar will step up, and he could break out and emerge as a potential starting receiver for the the Eagles. And I think if he kind of wins that starting job while Alshon's recovering, he's just going to take off. And then not to mention Ertz, who's just a great security blanket yeah. and is a reception monster. He had a great year last year, and that's a guy that if it's Foles or Wentz, they're going to rely on Ertz. So go with him. Like I said, if you're going to go with a tight end, go with Ertz, Gronk, or Kelsey. If not, wait until Najoku or Burton later on in the rounds. Uh, yeah, I think it's just if you can get them for a good value because yeah. there are good tight ends to get later on in the draft too. But, I mean, if Gronk is there end of the second round, beginning of the third, yeah, jump on that. But it's all just dependent upon where ADP. you can get them. Yeah, yeah. let's... Adam, let's start with your rankings for quarterback, top 12. We can rather go one by one if you want. You can read your 12. I can read my 12, whatever you'd prefer for format. Yeah, let's just do it one by one. That's cool. cool. So I'll start off. My number 12 is might come to a bit of shock to everyone. Jared Goff. I just think uh, he's coming off a great season from last year, and he's got weapons around him. He's got Cooks, he's got Woods, he's got Cooper Cup, and not to mention Todd Gurley. So if we see touchdowns starting to happen or Cooks going deep to the end zone, Gurley's not going to get a lot of chances in that inside that five. So I think if Goff can score before they get inside the 10, inside the five, that'll really limit Gurley's chances to brush in touchdowns, but certainly Gurley is going to get his fair share, and he'll definitely capitalize with them, but I just think there's too many weapons for Goff, and I, I love Sean McVay, and I think he's a great coach, and I just think he can take Goff to just a next level each year and each out. Goff was right on the outskirts of my rankings. I was deciding to put him at 12 or 13, so he just barely missed it. I actually had Andrew Luck at 12 because of his upside, because of who Andrew Luck was and used to be, hopefully still is. If he, Like we said with the Colts, a big reason to stay away from those players was a lot of it is if Andrew Luck plays well, if Andrew Luck comes back healthy. This is Andrew Luck's you know, ranking here. So I think Andrew Luck, if he comes back 75% of the player that he was, 80% of the player that he was, I still put him at 12. So I am taking injury concern into consideration here. I'm also taking upside into consideration here. And the fact that you saw how Andrew Luck changed that Colts team from when he got drafted, from when he went down. You saw the difference in how that team was and how important Andrew Luck is. He literally led them through a playoff run at some point, and it was all him. Seriously, I remember that game against, I believe it was the Chiefs, and it was that comeback win, and it was Andrew Luck was all over it. So I have him at 12. Let's hear your 11. Uh, my number 11 is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's just shown great uh, flashes of talent. He's played behind Brady. Uh, Belichick coached him for a while, and now he got the starting job. He got paid. He's living the good life, and he's going to excel this year. With He's got some weapons and Goodwin and Garcon. Garcon's a nice veteran player to have. And if George Kittle can emerge as a solid tight end, a solid rookie tight end, like there's been somewhat talk about, 
I think Garoppolo's definitely definitely got it. He just needs maybe one more uh, weapon. But I think also Jerick McKinnon can definitely help him out with screen passes and how quickly he can get to the end zone. So Jerick McKinnon, a little Jerick McKinnon screen pass could turn into 60, 70, 80 yard touchdown. That's six points for your quarterback. Yeah, right I, know, there. I know his nickname is Jet McKinnon. He, if he can stay healthy, that's a guy that I look for in PPR. 49ers are an offense that could be very good if Garoppolo keeps that up. You saw how he was when they came in for the final games of the career, uh, of the season. They were winning every game. Him and Goodwin looked like a pairing for the future. I have Garoppolo at 10, so we'll jump ahead to that because you already named him. But at 11, I have Philip Rivers. I know he didn't make your top 12. He is another 4,000-yard quarterback and another guy that I really, really like in that Chargers offense. He has a lot of weapons around him. Keenan Allen's coming off a fantastic year. Melvin Gordon, great in the running game, great in the pass game. Mike Williams, a guy that you said as a sleeper, Adam, on our NFL podcast when you were on with us, he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. He's a huge, huge body. I like Phillip Rivers, and if he can keep the interceptions down a little bit this year, his fantasy value will go up even higher. But we're talking top 12, so to have Philip Rivers not sneak in as 11th or 12th just seemed wrong to me. I have him at 11, then I have Jimmy Garoppolo at 10, like you just named, for similar reasons. Who's your number 10? My number 10 is Marcus Mariano, but I'm just going to quickly touch on the Philip Rivers. He's at 13 for me, but honestly, I think that the 10 to like 14 range is really, really close. Really tough. Really, and, I, 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 was, I think I was in the I same just, spot with Goff. I think I think your Philip Rivers and how you struggled with getting him 12 or 13, it was the same struggle that I had with Jared Goff. Yeah, definitely. And I just think it's not so much that I'm low on Rivers. It's that I'm actually really high on Melvin Gordon. I think he's just going to pound it pound it in every time he gets a chance to score a touchdown. He's going to do it. There's, there's not going to be a whole lot of passing touchdowns inside the 10. I think it's going to be all Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I have Marcus Merritt at my 10, who who comes to a surprise to a lot of people just because he hasn't played the best in the last couple of years, but he's got a great offensive line. They're getting, they have Corey Davis, who's healthy now. Rashard Matthews, who is just cleared and he's playing now. They have Delaney Walker, and they, they just signed Deion Lewis, so he's another pass-catching back. Derrick Henry's there. He's another great talent and also I think they have a great defense so I think they can lean on that defense and help that defense will help make Mariota a better quarterback kind of like how Jacksonville made Blake Bortles a little bit better quarterback yeah I at number nine I have Kirk Cousins between eight and 14 it's very hard to pick from and Kirk Cousins for me slips in at nine I'm big on him this year in this Vikings offense. He People call him a winner. He's not a winner. He has a losing record in his career, and now he's on a team that's really good. He's on with a great defense, and it's going to help take a lot of pressure off that offense. He's got good weapons around him. Thielen, Diggs, Dalvin Cook, you know, a guy like Latavius Murray pounding the ball behind him, and Kyle Rudolph, of course, who's poised for another big year. Kirk Cousins, he is a top-10 quarterback to me. Number nine. Um, for nine, nine for me is uh, Drew Brees, and I just think he's a great quarterback. He has a lot of great weapons with Thomas, Meredith, Kamara, Ingram. He's got tons of options, and I just think 
he, he's a little bit older. He's he's still a top ten quarterback, but I do think Brees has the upside to be every bit of a, a top five, top six quarterback. Yeah, and number eight, I have Matt Stafford, a guy that you're very high on. I know you're a Lions fan. He is a solid quarterback. He hasn't missed a game since, I believe, 2010. Six top nine fantasy finishes in the last seven years. Uh, the offense that he plays in with Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator, they pass the ball a lot. I believe it's 65% pass to 35% run over the last three years. I'm big on Stafford. I like Breeze a little bit more than I like Stafford because I have Breeze at seven. I know you just touched on Breeze, who isn't skipping a, bre- a, skipping a beat. Yeah, let's let's do beat and Breeze in the same word. But yeah, I'm going to have Stafford at eight and Breeze at seven for me. Who do you have at eight and seven? Eight, I have Andrew Locke, just because I think he has that potential to be top five, even top three, just because we've seen what he could do when he's completely healthy. It's just that health concern. So I'm not taking health into as much of a consideration as you did. So I, see, I definitely see where you're coming from, playing on the more cautious side. But if you're if you're feeling a little bit risky and you see Andrew Locke slipping, I would definitely take a chance on him because he's a guy who could finish just as good as like an Aaron Rodgers, uh, Cam Newton, or Russell Wilson. Wow, that's a lot of praise for Andrew Luck, and he has proved it in the past. He's a great quarterback. It's just the fact that can he play consistently this year for a long time? He cracked my top 12, so we're in agreement here. He does have a ton of potential. He could be a top quarterback for your team, and I gave you guys that little bit of advice. If you go with Andrew Luck, take a guy like Terod Taylor. Take another guy that you can have on your team because I'm not confident that Andrew Luck is going to be your guy through the first week or two and while you're figuring everything out in your roster, make sure that you're not putting all your chips on the table there. At least leave yourself with an out. But you can always pick up a guy on the waiver wire. Who do you have after that? Tom Brady. (laughs) Wow. At at seven? At seven? Yep, at seven. So I just, I don't think he has the weapons like he did last year. He still has Gronk, of course, but he's he's always had Gronk. And I think losing Cooks, that deep threat hurt them. And the fact that they went out and they drafted a running back in the first round, that was a very unpatriot or not a Bill Belichick move as I see it. And so I think that's just maybe them slowly preparing for the end of Brady because although he might not want to admit it and he thinks he'll play till he's 45, 50, it's just a father time will win no matter what. Yeah. And I think their offensive line just got hit hard with losing Isaiah Wynn, their first their draft pick who they traded After for. After already losing Nate Solder and Cameron Fleming in the offseason. Yep. So it is a weaker offensive line, but this is Tom Brady that we're talking about here. And then, I, <laughs> and then no Edelman for the first four weeks. So I just, I think, He's not going to have an awful year, and he's not going to have a bad year. He'll have a good year. Just yeah, I mean, you, you have him at seven, so that's not saying he's going to flop this year. You're just not putting him as in your top five. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, at seven for me, I told you I had Drew Brees. At six, I have Deshaun Watson. I'm not huge on Deshaun Watson like others are. They put him in the top three, but I'm also not as low as other people are that are Deshaun Watson you know, haters. I have him kind of right there in the middle. He's at number six. He didn't play that much. He played six and a half games. He had a lot of touchdowns in those games. And he was spent four weeks in a row finishing as a top two fantasy quarterback. He has the potential to be a top quarterback in this league. It's just will these teams figure him out? 
you know, I know he had that connection with Will Fuller. Is he going to figure it out with DeAndre Hopkins and Fuller again? Can Fuller stay healthy? Can Watson stay healthy? And of course, there's the question marks, but the upside, he's right outside my top five. He's going to be number six for me. Yep, I, I 100% agree. I have Deshaun Watson at my number six, too. I just think there could be a bit of a Dak Prescott-like year where teams are kind of seeing more tape on him. They see his tendencies, what he likes to do, because he's... He's basically a rookie, so to speak. He only played a tiny bit last year, and so he's still new to the league. So I mean, the league... He, played, he played six and a half games, so that's like you know a third of the season. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, I'll give you that. So he's just a year two guy, and guys have sophomore slumps. That's that's one of the biggest things. And I just I think he's going to take another year of the NFL just to kind of get it down, figure it out, because I don't think he's at the Carson Wentz caliber where he can just get better and better each and every year. I think he might take a step backward, backward this year to take a step forward next year. Yeah, and speaking of Carson Wentz, I have him at number five for me. He rounds out my top five, and I know other people, just like I said with Watson, some people have him in their top two, top three for fantasy quarterbacks this year. I have him in my top five. Wentz coming off an injury. I like the Eagles offense. I'm not as high as other people are. I think they had, like you said, a really good Super Bowl run, a Flacco and the Ravens-esque kind of run, but I don't see them being that dominant force moving forward. I don't see them returning to the Super Bowl. It's I'm not saying they're going to be bad at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they're not a powerhouse for years to come, but Wentz is going to be amazing for years to come so that's not something to question for him i just you know you said alson jeffrey's a wide receiver one i i consider him a wide receiver two at best you know wentz is one of those guys that can make other players better wentz has got a lot of upside this year guys but another player that i say draft another quarterback with because you don't know when he's gonna play week two week three week five get someone else but don't be that guy that passes up on wentz for when he does return if you have him stored on your bench uh, who do you have for your five? Matt Stafford. So I have Stafford just cracking the top five. I think with on Johnson and Ragnow, the guy we just went up to draft. Awful uh, pick. Uh, off, awful first round pick, by the way. I'm going to have to give you that right now on the show. The <laughs> fact that you guys went Frank Ragnow in your first round is beyond me. I, I'd never heard of the guy until he was drafted. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm not, I've only heard good things about him. He's, he's played pretty well in the preseason. I definitely think we've, we're focusing on getting that run game down. It's just every Lions fan, every Lions coach, the GM, uh, everyone's just about had it. They're, they want to get that hardy-yard rusher. Yeah. So I think I really think the Lions went all in on running back this year with signing Blunt and yeah. on Johnson and... I think Abdullah and Riddick, Bill, Abdullah will play. I know Abdullah's on the bubble right now to be cut. Yeah. So we'll see if Abdullah's even on the team for, exactly, yeah. for this season. But I just think if they could get a run game going and make teams think, oh, crap, they could run it right now and it's not a Stafford pass every play, it could maybe have teams scheme different, think of different things, and now they have to account for running backs rather than more than not a Stafford pass. Yeah. Tom Brady, for me, is going to be at number four. That's Tom Brady we're talking about here, but because of the reasons that we spoke about, offensive line issues, the receiving core is not out of this world, but it never is. He's the quarterback that makes everyone else better. When Edelman comes back, it's going to be like adding the cherry on top. You still have Hogan. You still have Cordell Patterson. You still have a lot of guys on the team um, that can play well. Philip Dorsett. I have Tom Brady at number four with Gronk there as well. 
He's a top five quarterback. I just don't see how you put Brady outside the top four with his statistics. He doesn't have legs. He is getting older, yes, but I don't see him slowing down this year in particular. Who do you have for your next? Um, number four, I have Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson would have been much, much, much better this year had Paul Richardson stayed, had Jenny Graham stayed. But he lost them both, and now he's got Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett. So I definitely think... Uh, Tyler Lockett can start to emerge. He just got a contract extension, and I definitely think that's some confidence boosted into him where he can make some more plays. And we all seen Russell Wilson play. He's just, he's got talent, and he's elusive. He's fast. He's smart. He knows where to throw it. He, he doesn't make a lot of dumb plays, interceptions, and I think they'll honestly be playing a lot of catch-up this year. So Wilson's going to be a monster in garbage time and just throwing uh 40-yard passes to Doug Baldwin against a pre-vet defense when they're down by 18 points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to just read my 3-2-1 and one together. Let's do that, Adam. Um, All right, yep. Number three, I have Cam Newton. Uh, number two, Russell Wilson. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Cam Newton. It's the fact that he's able to run the ball and pass the ball. It makes him a fantasy gem. He's going to run the ball. He's going to score the ball with his legs. He's going to score the ball in the air, regardless of his interceptions. Cam Newton's a perfect fantasy player, a perfect Madden player, the guy that you need for the skill set to roll out right, roll out left, quarterback sneak, even run an option if you need to. I love Cam Newton in the fantasy world. I like him in the NFL too. I think that the Panthers aren't going to be as good as some people think this year. I think they're going to have a little bit of a rough year. They're not going to be awful, but I think Cam Newton and the Panthers are going to make the playoffs this year. Cam Newton himself is a fantasy gem to me. Russell Wilson, I know you had him at four. I just love Russell Wilson. He's one of my guys. I didn't draft him this year in my draft because of the philosophy that we spoke about. Waiting on a quarterback and getting one later, I actually got Matthew Stafford much, 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 much later in the draft, and I'm extremely happy about the value I got with his ADP. But Russell Wilson, proven guy, regardless of the team that he has around him. He never has a good team around him. You, you, you make Paul Richardson sound like a loss. It's not like he's been his guy. Doug Baldwin's been his guy. And yeah, he's injury prone, of course. And Tyler Lockett, they just extended. And I'm not a big Tyler Lockett fan either. I don't think it matters. You got Rashad Penny. You can add whatever guys you want around Russell Wilson. I don't think that team's going to be very good, but doesn't change the fact that Russell Wilson's going to fill up the stat sheet. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback and the highest played NFL player. Now he's going to have a great year. I'll tell you that. So number one, don't go too high on Rodgers, though. Take my advice. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, our list is about the same, except for I have Wentz coming in at three and Cam Newton at two. I originally had Wentz at two, but just because with all the injury talk, I just think he's going to miss maybe one, two games, and I think that could be just enough to make Cam Newton edge him out. Wentz has the weapons. He's, he's shown he's got the talent, so I definitely think once he comes back, he'll, he'll be back. And yeah. Cam Newton, we all know he's a freak of nature. He's he's his own favorite target. He's going to be diving in the end zone. And it's just, if he can stay healthy, not get concussions, the, the sky's the limit for this guy. And then Aaron Rodgers, of course, at number one. I haven't seen, honestly, one list where I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers at number one. Unless it might have been Deshaun Watson, where people, just Deshaun Watson lovers, and his, his immense upside he could have. But yeah, I just... Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers is number one on just about everyone's draft board, hands yeah. down. 
Yeah, he's the best quarterback in the league right now. We'll move on to running back. We'll move a little quicker through this one. I'd say we just list 1 through 12 each and talk about how we feel about each other's lists. My running back list, and then I have standard. I also have PPR. So I'm going to read both, but I'm going to read standard first and have Adam read his standards. I also wanted to put out a PPR ranking for any of you guys that do play in PPR formats. So my running back rankings, top 12 standard. Number one, Todd Gurley. Number two, Le'Veon Bell. Number three, Ezekiel Elliott. Number four, David Johnson. Number five, Leonard Fournette. Number six, Melvin Gordon. Number seven, Saquon Barkley. Number eight, Alvin Kamara. Number nine, Kareem Hunt. Number 10, Dalvin Cook. Number 11, Jordan Howard. And number 12, Christian McCaffrey. So, do you have any comments on my list before we move on to yours? I got Gurley, um, Bells, uh, Zeke, and David Johnson as my top four. Yeah, the top four, you can't go wrong. That's just, everyone's got about the same top four. It's just a matter of the order or what format you're playing on. Agreed. For me, I have Zeke at one. But uh, I definitely love that you're high on Leonard Fournette. I'm, I'm really high on Leonard Fournette. I think if he plays all 16 games this year, he could be the number one RB overall. I think he could do better than Todd Gurley. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. And this is in standard formats, too, for everyone yeah. that's that's trying to freak out that we're saying that he's going to score more than Gurley because Gurley <laughs> is a big part of the passing game. But if you're just talking for getting a running back in a standard league, Fournette is a great, great option. Fournette, let me just read a couple of statistics for you guys for, for him. He carried a heavy workload last year, averaging 23.4 touches per game, also ranking in the top 10 in carries, yards, and touchdown. As a rookie, Fournette had the 7th most fantasy points per game at the position. Fournette is a workhorse and an offense that needs him to be, especially with Marquise Lee going down right now. I'm confident they're going to lean on the running game even harder this year. So that's why I have Fournette at five. Melvin Gordon, like you said, he's going to put the ball in whenever he can. And in this Chargers offense, I love him. So he's right behind there. And then you got Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. Between those four, it's really up to you with, like the first four, how you move them around for your rankings. Alvin Kamara, to me, and Kareem Hunt are more attractive in PPR formats. In standard, that's why I have Gordon and Barkley before them, too. Uh, Jordan Howard's a guy that rounds off at 11 for me. He's proven. He's a good guy. I know. I think you're high on Jordan Howard too, Adam. He's a good running back in an offense that I think has a lot of potential for a lot of fantasy value this year. So Jordan Howard at 11 is probably my one that I enjoyed putting on there the most because I didn't expect to put his name on my top 12 until I really started ranking and said, you know what, I think... He's perfect for right there at number 11. At first, I was considering a top 15 running back. Going into the year, I got him as a top 11 running back. And McCafferty, and ending that top 12 at standard, I still want to keep him there at standard. McCaffrey's a PPR player, but he's been getting a ton more carries. He's going to be the focal part of this running game for the Panthers. He isn't a traditional between-the-tackles, bang-em kind of running back, but he's going to get his opportunities. And sorry, fantasy value is touches. It's volume. So... Christian McCafferty, even in a standard league, I have him at 12. Let's hear your standard rankings, Adam. Um, So I'm going to start from 12. At 12, I've got Derrick Henry, 11, Christian McCaffrey, 10, Jordan Howard, 9, Dalvin Cook, 8, Alvin Kamara, 7, Le'Veon Bell, 6, Saquon, 5, Melvin Gordon, 4, David Johnson, 3, Leonard Fournette, 2, Todd Gurley, and 1, Ezekiel Elliott. 
It's the fact that you have Zeke Elliott at one and Le'Veon at seven that's getting people wild. I want you to explain those two. Well, in a standard format, I had a couple people comment on my rankings saying, how could you, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, how could you put Ezekiel Elliott at number one overall above Todd Gurley and Le'Veon? And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean? Have you, did you see the 20, uh, 2016 tape of this guy? He was a freak. And when he gets the carries, he capitalizes. And he's one of the guys who isn't out for the money. He's out for the, the records, the yards, the the touchdowns. And I, I think Ezekiel Elliott, just the sky is the limit. And each and every play where he'll get the opportunity of, uh, should we run it here or give me the ball again? I know I just got stuffed. He's going to have that, that saying of, no, I got this. I can do it. And then I think he'll get it done within two, three tries. Over, and, over, under, Adam, 15 touchdowns for Zeke. I think... I think 15 is right where I, I have. I have I have met 16, so right above it. Yeah, yeah. If I had to put if I had to put money in, I would probably take the over. And that's six, and that's 16 rushing touchdowns this year. I keep saying that the Cowboys don't have a wide receiver number one, and they don't have a tight end number one either. They're going to figure out the committees that they have to fill in talent where they need to. But Zeke is going to have a bigger part in the passing game this year. You, if you need to hear it here first, you heard it here first. I've been saying this for weeks now, months now. Even without, you know, the offensive line fully healthy, that's still a very good offensive line, and they're going to be running the ball perfectly. Yes, but look for Dak to look to Zeke like he looked at Witten as his security blanket, and a lot more checkdowns, a lot more involved in the passing game, and I see him putting up three, four, five receiving touchdowns. Zeke, I really do see him putting up three or four realistically even five which i think would be the top number for me so i see where you're coming from i think zeke's gonna have a fantastic year hence why i have him at three and not instead of course of david johnson who some people have at three but i wanted to hear your reasoning behind Le'Veon bell at seven i think that is the one that i can say is the most surprising to me personally so at seven it's not so much that i'm extremely low on him i just think Saquon, Melvin, David Johnson, and Fournette. The two guys that kind of sneak, or the three guys that kind of sneak in there are Fournette, Melvin Gordon, and Saquon. And I think come start of the season, Leonard Fournette's just going to get, he's going to get fed the ball. He's going to be third quarter, fourth quarter, run the clock down, let your defense and Leonard Fournette win the game. Don't let Blake Bortles throw anything because he throws interceptions. And I think... Le'Veon Bell just needs to have a quality year more than a breakout year to get paid, and he's a guy who I feel like is more about the money rather than about the stats, the records, the championships. I know everyone wants a Super Bowl, but it seems that he wants his contract more than anything. So I think if he knows he can just have a solid year, then he'll get paid immensely next year, can take off from there. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm going to read my running back rankings, top 12 PPR, really quick, just hear what you guys have to say about them, but really just for our listeners who are playing PPR. The running back rankings, I have number one, Todd Gurley, number two, Le'Veon Bell, just like my standard. Now I have number three, David Johnson over Zeke, who I have at four. Five, Alvin Kamara. Six, Christian McCaffrey. Seven, Melvin Gordon. Eight, Leonard Fournette. Nine, Kareem Hunt. Ten, Dalvin Cook. 11, LaShawn McCoy, and 12, Jarek McKinnon. Yes, you hear LaShawn McCoy, Jarek McKinnon reaching a top 12. You got to double check for a second. LaShawn McCoy, like Corbin was saying, he's injured this year a little bit. The offense is awful, 
but LaShawn McCoy is LaShawn McCoy, and he's this is PPR. I think he's going to be very involved in the passing game. I think these quarterbacks aren't going to be able to have a lot of time in the pocket. They're not going to be able to see the field very well, and they're not going to have very good connections with these receivers. LaShawn McCoy going out for a two-yard dump or a three-yard out route really quick is going to be the quickest that they are going to be able to get yards, and they're going to be able to go to it every single time, and if not, pound it with LaShawn. So that's why I have him rounding that at 11, and Jarek McKinnon at 12, who I think in the Shanahan offense is going to absolutely go off. McGowan here, he said he went to Georgia Southern, who... They pulled my offer two days yeah. before signing they day. They pulled his I got offer. to meet Jarrett McKinnon, so uh, <laughs> he's a little bit of a snake, and so is that program, so I'm like biased. <laughs> so definitely me. Christian's biased, but in the position that he's in with this team, he's in a good spot for his game for PPR formats. And then you see a guy like you know, guys like Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey who jump up to five and six for me on this list. It shows how valuable they are being able to run the ball and catch the ball out of the backfield. And a guy like Leonard Fournette who isn't a dud in the passing game but isn't good in the passing game. And he's not the guy that you rely on. That's a guy that slips a little bit more for me than my previous rankings where I have him at five, who I'm very high on. So if you're in PPR, you definitely have to draft different. Look for guys that... You know, Dalvin Cook, who is a guy that is really good in both because he's going to get a lot of touches out of the backfield. But with Latavius Murray getting some of the goal line touches, look for Dalvin Cook to be more valuable in a PPR format where you can catch a lot more passes. So you really have to change your thinking when you're going into a draft, depending on if you have PPR or standard. I think half PPR and full point PPR, I wouldn't really change my strategy too much between the two formats. I think if you're going PPR at all, it's already a different game than going standard. The difference between half point and full point aren't astounding to me. Let's move on to really quick to wide receiver top 12 standard rankings. Let's hear yours first, 12 to 1. So at 12, I have Josh Gordon, 11, Doug Baldwin, 10, Mike Evans, 9, T.Y. Hilton, 8, Julio Jones, 7, A.J. Green, 6, Keaton Allen, 5, Michael Thomas, four, DeAndre Hopkins, three, Devontae Adams, two, Odell, and one, Antonio Brown. I like the you Devontae Adams at three. That's that's interesting because I have him. Where's Jarvis Landry? Yeah, I, I mean, Jarvis Landry, you, do you think Jarvis Landry is a top 12? This I is think standard, right? Josh Gordon is my top 12 out of the Browns. I think he's going to be, uh, at PPR, I definitely think Jarvis Landry. Yeah, that's what, that's what Corbin was saying. That's definitely a okay, good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That goes back to really depends on what kind of, yeah. Standard PPR you're playing because it really PPR depends. PPR Landry has a lot more value. Well, you know, Landry led the NFL in receptions last year, so even with this Browns offense. But still didn't even have over 1,000 yards receiving. So. Yeah, he's going to catch the ball a ton. So if you're looking for points for uh, reception, he's going to be doing well. But, yeah, I like that you have Adams 3 overall. I have him a little further back. And, yes, I am high on Adams still because he's a top 10 receiver for me. But to have him... In that Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones four that people seem to smush in there. To throw him in the thrust of there, it's interesting to me. The reasoning for that is just he's Aaron Rodgers' guy. I think they let Jordy Nelson walk because they knew what they had in Devontae Adams. And they've been kind of shopping Randall Cobb right now. And I think that's just because they know they don't need to pay him that much. That they could just get a cheaper slot guy in. Devontae Adams is still their golden boy number one and in the past two seasons uh, he is second in touchdowns with 22 so I think just the sky's the limit with this guy I definitely think Jimmy Graham will be more of a guy who will 
will take pressure off than steal touchdowns away. I definitely think Jimmy Graham's going to get his fair share of like six to ten touchdowns, but I think Devontae Adams will have just about every other passing touchdown there is. I don't see too many Randall Cobb touchdowns unless it's a 50-yard touchdown. I don't see a lot of Geronimo Allison touchdowns unless it's it's a deep pass or something. I see a lot of Devontae Adams, and he just he's looked great in the preseason, and I think their connection is just getting better and better each year. See, here's where I disagree, because Adams is very good with Rodgers, obviously, but I don't think he's going to get every touchdown from Rodgers. I think Rodgers is so good that he's going to spread these touchdowns to Geronimo Allison, to all of these guys. And it's going to be annoying for fantasy owners of Devontae Adams because he's, he's definitely going to be a great receiver one for you. He's going to get receptions. He's going to get touchdowns. But I think that Rodgers is going to shake it up so much constantly that you hope that it's going to be Adams dominating that game, but then you have Geronimo Allison who is two catches for eight yards and a touchdown. Or somebody else, and stealing some touchdowns away just because Rodgers can make anybody great. Rodgers can score the ball himself. And I'm not saying stay away from Dante Adams completely. I'm just saying why I don't have him as my number three wide receiver like I have, like you have here. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love him in that offense. But I look at Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones. They've been able to do over the past few years and the receivers that they are. And I just can't find a way to put Devonte Adams into there. And I like a guy like Michael Thomas. So I'm going to just read my 1 through 12. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins at 3, Julio Jones at 4, Keenan Allen at 5, Michael Thomas at 6, A.J. Green at 7, Devontae Adams at 8, Tyreek Hill at 9, Mike Evans at 10, Thielen at 11, Doug Baldwin at 12. This is my standard rankings. Antonio Brown, there's no question. Odell Beckham Jr. is the second best wide receiver in the game. We were having a Quick conversation about that last night. But yeah, Antonio Brown, Dell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Jones, Allen, Michael Thomas, to me, is the most intriguing wide receiver. If he can put up a few more touchdowns this year, he could be the number one or number two wide receiver in fantasy over the past uh, two or three seasons. Antonio Brown is the only wide receiver that's outscored him in fantasy, Michael Thomas. So I'm big on him and Devontae Adams. I have him in my top 10 still. I just don't see him as a guy that can be that top five receiver in fantasy this year. But I have PPR rankings, too, that I want to fly through. Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Larry Fitzgerald, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. We're talking points per perception here. A lot of these guys are just reception kings. Larry Fitzgerald, he... Floats around 100 receptions every single year. Still doesn't change. Regardless who's that quarterback, look at last year. Mike Evans. Now, that, I, I see you have Keenan Allen pretty low. You know, He's a reception monster for PPR. I figured he would be at least a top five. No, and no I, like him, I like him better in standard. He is my fifth receiver in standard because I think he's going to score a lot this year. And yes, he's... He's going to, I think he's going to get more yardage. I think he's going to be more of, he's not a deep threat, but I think that him and Rivers have such a good connection. They're going to break out for a lot of plays this year. But I think that the Chargers have the most weapons that they've had, in my opinion, in a while with Mike Williams there. I really, and of course, Antonio Gates, 
not there, and Hunter Henry down. The tight end position isn't exciting. I'm just thinking receiving core here, and I love Mike Williams, and I really think that he's going to get a lot more receptions than you think. And Melvin Gordon, like you said, I think he's going to be an absolute monster in the passing game. I think he's going to suck up receptions left and right, and it's just going to hurt Keenan Allen in PPR formats. I think he's going to score a little bit more touchdowns and have a little bit less receptions. I don't expect another... 100 reception season for Keenan Allen. I expect more along the lines of like 85 or 90. I actually think it's going to be the other way around. I agree more with Adam on this. I think in terms of total receptions, Keenan Allen's going to get a lot. There was a lot lost between Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. Red zone is where Mike Williams is going to be feasting. I think he's going to be taking away touchdowns from Keenan he's, Allen. Because he's a possession receiver, yes, and he's such a big body. But I see, like I said, he's not the reason why I'm staying away from Keenan Allen. I'm not staying away. Keenan Allen is still in my top ten. Rankings, yeah. I'm just saying it's Melvin Gordon is the reason. I think that he is going to be Rivers' guy. He's going, And then whoever they put at tight end, Rivers is going to feed him the ball. It, Hunter Henry, he's not all that great. I'm telling you, he's a... He's a good player, but he's just another tight end. Trust me. He's not, he hasn't shown anything special in any year that he's played so far. I think he's going to be good if whenever he does come back, but I don't think Rivers need – if it's Henry, if it's somebody else, I think Rivers is going to feed him the ball. Rivers is a passing monster. I just like Keenan Allen better in standard this year. I think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns with Mike Williams because of the tight end being out. There's not going to be the tight end reception uh, touchdown targets as much but I do see targets getting taken away from Keenan Allen in the long run from Melvin Gordon and other receivers. Not, we're not going to do our tight end rankings, but I, just like we said in the beginning of the pod, Gronkowski, Kelsey, Ertz are that top three. Past that, you're looking more for a good position or upside, like in a Joku or a Trey Burton. Do you have Gronk, Kelsey, and then Ertz, or are you Gronk, Ertz, and then Kelsey? I have Gronk, Kelsey, Ertz. So do I. And I actually, I'm really high on Gronk this year. He's he's the one guy who tight end where I, I think his ADP is is either a little bit high, where you could maybe reach on him a little bit, just because I think those first four games he's gonna go off with no Edelman. Brady's just gonna target him every time, and Brady's gonna get creative on how to throw defenses off and get Gronk the ball because he's a big tight end who is literally open. Every time he's on the field, just saw how big he is. And with Cooks being gone and Michelle not really taking off as this touchdown back they wanted him to be, I think he their backfield could have a slow start, and this could just be Gronk's year. And speaking of Gronk, he just got his contract reworked with $4.3 million incentives. Yeah, and that's taking care of your guys, especially with how Gronk's been debating not playing anymore. The Patriots wanted to add in the extra incentive to keep him around. We just tweeted that on our NFL Unwrapped page, so go check out our NFL Unwrapped Twitter page for all NFL news that's going down, all the contract extensions. We just put up a podcast two days ago, so go listen to that one. It was an amazing podcast talking all about Odell Beckham Jr.'s extension, Aaron Donald's soon-to-come payday, you know, Josh Gordon, like you were chiming on, Alshon Jeffrey's injury, how that may affect some of his fantasy value, trades, news around the league, everything. Go check that out at NFL Unwrap. But yeah, do you have any other things you wanted to give to our listeners to help them with their drafts for our draft special before we sign off today? I know this is probably about the last week or two that drafts will be happening. We're about 
a weekend, two days, a weekend, three days away from NFL season. No, exactly a week. Exactly next, a week. Next Thursday is the official kickoff. Wow, of the season. I'm so excited. So yeah, and that this, just hit me. Yeah. Corbin's yeah. already in last place. <laughs> That's great. Uh, no, I'm not. I got so, a good team this year, Chris. So Adam, any other last words for our fitness listeners here? Um, nothing. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me throughout the year. I love helping everyone out, um, no matter what the question is. If it's fantasy football related, I'll love to answer it. Even if it's just asking about how an NFL team might do it in a game next week, I love to talk about that. Tweet me. I'll answer just about anything. And that's about it. It was, it was great being on again. Yeah, go tweet at Adam Stark at EverydayFFB. You can tweet at our page at FFB Unwrapped, my page, Perry Aston. Corbin here, Corbin Unwrapped, his new Twitter page, and Christian's page at McGowan75. We are going to be on the Apple Podcast app as soon as we get this episode up and approved by them, so keep an eye out for episode two on the Apple Podcast app, but this one will be on SoundCloud, so please listen to us on there. We're going to be sharing that on Twitter for you guys. So excited for the fantasy football season to start. Make sure to DM me questions as well for last-minute draft questions if you're doing a last-minute league. You still can do it within the first week or two of the regular season and start a little bit late. So if you still want to do fantasy and you still haven't gotten your draft on yet, it's not too late. If you need to freak out and do a last-minute thing, you're too busy to study for these drafts, just DM me or Adam, and we'll literally just walk you through it. We'll give you uh, tears, cheat sheets, whatever you need to help you win your league, win your championship. It's going to be a great year for fantasy football. Again, thank you so much for tuning into Episode 1, Fantasy Football Unwrapped with Adam Stark and Perry Aston. Thank you guys so much.